Hello, welcome to today's video. In case you haven't noticed, the markets are dropping. Um, as I'm filming this video today on uh, Wednesday, the Dow is down around 700 points. The NASDAQ continues to fall. It's down around 7%, I think, from its recent highs. That doesn't concern me at all. But I have been reading some comments online recently from uh, presumably some newer investors, and it does concern me. And it's related to stop loss orders. And I've been reading things like, I'm not worried about having these growth investments because I've got stop loss orders on my portfolio. And there's, um, I would say, quite a misinterpretation of what stop loss orders can do. You think it might be buying you protection or a guarantee, but that's not necessarily the case. So I'm gonna be talking today about that. Now, a quick note, I'm only gonna be talking about stop loss on long positions. So this means you already own the stock. You can buy stop buys against companies that you have sold short. It's not used very often, especially by our office, uh, by, by our viewers. So I'm going to just skip over that and focus on what affects most of us here, which are you own a long position, you want to buy a stop loss per, to protect against downside there. I'm also going to take a deeper dive into what, uh, you know, not only what uh, stop loss orders are and how to do them, but more importantly, how can they help you? I'm going to look at some studies that show, you know, some academic studies that show really, is there a good uh, use for them? Are they overblown? You know, when you read the comments online, you're going to see all kinds of, you know, I never use them or I always use them or you should never buy a stock without having a stop on it or, you know, stocks are going to ruin your, perf your performance overall. Let's look at all of those scenarios. And lastly, I'm just going to talk about how to use them. How can you can implement in a strategy? So first of all, let's start start with what are stop losses. So in general, they are a type of order that is designed to limit losses on a portfolio. So they are a risk reduction strategy. Now, how do they work? They help trading risk by specifying a price at which your position that you already own will be sold. Essentially, you enter an order at a specified price and it's executed automatically if that price is reached. In other words, if a price falls below your stop price, your stock is automatically sold at the next available market price. There are different types of stop loss orders. So we're gonna look at the, the major ones right now. The first, I'm just gonna talk about a traditional stop loss. So how does this work? You own a stock and you set a price that will trigger the order. So this price is set manually and it's adjusted only if you decide. It's at your discretion whether you're gonna move that price up or down on the stop uh, target. As an example, your stock is trading at $50 a share and you feel that you can't afford to you know, let it move a little bit. You're willing to take, in this case, I'm gonna say a $5 loss. So you set your stop price at $45. When your stock does move below $45, your order will be entered but importantly, that $45 price isn't guaranteed. If the stock gaps down to below $45, in a traditional stop loss, you will sell at whatever price or very close to whatever price it opens at. So how does that work? A stock gaps when it opens from one trading session or opens closes at one in one trading session and opens in the next trading session at a significantly lower am amount. So it's not unheard of where you'd have a, tra a stock trading at say $50 a share, Overnight, some news comes in. Maybe an analyst uh, downgrades the stock or maybe there's an after hours release and the earnings aren't where people want them to be. There can be a number of different reasons. A lawsuit is launched, that type of thing. Well, that stock may open at $40 the next day. 
So if you have a traditional stop loss order, your trade will be entered at a market order or as a market order at that $40 price because it changes from a limit order to a market order. It's a little bit confusing, but the point is you're not guaranteed the $45. And a lot of people think that when they have a, a stock and they put that stop price, they're guaranteed that number. That's simply not true. There is another type of stock, uh, a stop loss that I'm gonna talk about called a trailing stop loss. The difference here is that instead of setting a price, in the previous example I used $45, you set a percentage or a dollar amount which is below the current price. That amount, that price is automatically adjusted to the most recent high that that stock has traded at. So let's look at an example of this. Again, you have a stock that's trading at $50 right now. You set a target price as a percentage or a dollar amount below. Let's use 10% as the percentage amount and let's use $5 as the dollar amount. So in this case, the trailing stop will be set to $45 in both cases because 10% less than 50 is 45 and $5 less than 50 is 45. Scenario one now, that stock moves to $60. That price, your stop price will now be adjusted and your 10% will now be adjusted to $54 because the new $60 price minus 10% is $54 and the dollar amount will now be placed at $55 because $60 minus your trailing of $5 is 55. Next scenario, that stock now takes a big run and it moves up to $100 a share your 10% trailing stop is automatically adjusted. 10% off of 100 is now 90. So your new stop price becomes 90 and your $5 stop price becomes 95, $5 off of 100. I would say this is a better way of managing stop loss orders than simply the traditional order. Imagine if your stock rises to $100 like we just talked about. The original traditional stop loss order, you have set a price of $45. Now you have a huge gap. So instead of protecting that 10% that you originally had put in place, your $100 trading price, you're now only protecting it down as far as 45. So there is a lot of room to move in the meantime, whereas a trailing will fill that gap in and it happens automatically. The last type of order I'm gonna talk about now is what's called a stop limit order. With this order, you have actually have two prices. You have your stop price and you have a limit price. The stop price is what triggers the order. That's the same as before, but the limit price determines whether the sale is made or not. Let me give you an example of this. Your XYZ stock is trading at $50 a share and you wanna sell 10% lower at $45 with a stop limit order. Now, if the stock gaps below $45, as we talked about earlier, your stock will not be sold unless it goes back up to $45 or higher. But as soon as it reaches $45 or higher, it will be sold. So those are sort of the mechanics of how stop loss orders work. Let's look now at some of the benefits and why you might consider putting these, uh, this arrow into your quiver and using some of these. The first and most obvious is if you use these properly, it can help manage losses. I mean, clearly it's an automatic system of making sure that even if you're not paying attention, the stock drops, you will, uh, you will be able to trigger a, a protective trade on the downside. It's also used for locking in profits. So imagine you have a, a stock that has gone up quite a bit. So this is where trailing stops would come in. Stocks going up, 
you're letting it run. And as the price is going up, your limit or your downside, your stock price continues to go up with it. If that trend is developing, you can ride the wave up. But as long as you have that, the share price or the stock price adjusted in there, in the event of a market turn, you will be provided some protection on the downside. This type of a trade is also very valuable if you can't monitor the markets. And this could be for a number of reasons. Some people just don't spend their whole day sitting in front of a computer um, or you know, even every week or every month monitoring their portfolios. So if a company that you own starts to turn south, uh, well, it'll still be protected even if you're not watching it. Another very common, even for active traders, a common way that you would use or a reason you would use these is you know, back in the days when you could go on vacation and you may be out of an area where you don't even have access to your portfolio, you may put some stops on specifically during that time frame to protect you to some degree while you're gone. Another really good advantage in the stop uh, stop loss training is that there are no costs. There's, you know, there's they're free to put onto a trade. It's like free insurance almost on the downside. There is another way you can protect, which is by uh, buying protective puts on the downside, put options. But uh, they're a, a little bit more complicated, and also there is a cost involved in those. So they are different. They're similar in that they provide downside protection. But don't confuse one with the other. But an advantage of the stop loss order is that there is um, no cost to do that. Another very valuable use of stop loss orders, especially for newer, well, I would say for anybody, but especially for newer investors, is it helps you with your emotions and it prevents or it can prevent what's called loss aversion. It it's very hard when you buy a stock and it drops in value to you know pull the trigger and sell it. We have a built-in bias in our bodies to you know the 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 emotions are make it harder to sell that stock. And so by having a stock uh, a stop loss in place, it can help you mitigate the damages of those negative emotions and it can force a discipline upon you that you might not uh, get otherwise. Let's look at some of the risks and these are really important to understand. The most important risk, the biggest risk I would think, and I've seen this on the online comments, is it gives the investor a false sense of security. Stop loss orders don't guarantee a specific price, even though you might feel like they do. And, you know, I, I mentioned people will feel like, well, I, you know, I bought it at 50, it's at 100, I've, I've got to stop in at 90 and I'm guaranteed that price. Going back a few minutes ago when I talked about gaps, uh, for whatever reason that gap occurs, you can end up selling your stock at a much lower price than you anticipated. Or if you had a stock limit and it drops, it blows through that limit price, you might not be able to sell the stock at all. It'll just turn into a market order, but you're still owning it. And if it continues to go down, you're going to be along for that uh, for that ride. Another unintended consequence that can happen when you're when you're placing stop loss limits is that you could get stopped out of a position. You have a stock that trades in a you know a range. Well, if it takes a dip, and if that dip is short term in in nature. Well, that fluctuation could cause you to be sold out of a position. So it goes from 50 to 45, it's triggered, you're sold out. And if that stock now goes up again, you're no longer owning that. And if you're paying attention, if you're monitoring properly, well, then you would notice that and you could make a decision whether you wanted to get back in or not. 
But if you're not monitoring it, and that's very common, well, you know, it could be sometime later before you even realize that you don't own the stock anymore. You see some good news on the company, you, you know, check in to see how much money you've made on it. And the answer is nothing beyond whatever you may have originally made because you no longer are an owner. You got stopped out of that position unknowingly. Another thing to be aware of as a newer user of stop loss orders is the fact that that these are transparent market orders they're they're on the system with a with a price a target price sophisticated traders the computer algorithms the market makers out there will actually be able to i would say take advantage of that and they can anticipate and they perform what they call they they run the stops in other words, they know that at a certain level, now whether it's a resistance level, maybe a technical trading level, or quite often like sort of a nice round number, it's, you know, if, you, if your stock's trading at 50, you'll place your stop loss at 45, not necessarily 45, 12. Now, the sophisticated traders will know where these are. When the stock drops to that level, you're typically going to see a, a, a spike in volume as all of these trades get closed. If you know what you're doing, you can take advantage of that sort of naivety and uh, capitalize, buy those up if you feel that the stock is going to be turning back into a positive direction. So what do the scholars say about stop loss strategies? Should we use them? Shouldn't we use them? As is often the case, there's a bit of a divergence of opinion there. But let's look at three studies today to help us understand and formulate our decisions. The first study that we're going to look at today is a 2007 study by Catherine Kamiski and Andrew Lowe, and it's entitled, When Do Stop Loss Rules Stop Losses? That's a logical question to ask. The report they used in this data is from 1950 uh, to 2004, so it's a 50-year time period. In the report, they say that the purpose is to, is to illustrate the practical relevance of our framework, and they use empirical analysis of a stop-loss policy applied to a buy-and-hold strategy in U.S. equities. Now, this is something, whether it's U.S. or Canadian or European, this is a strategy that a lot of investors use. And so I think it's very relevant. Does a stop-loss strategy help in a strategy, in a, uh, a long-term buy-and-hold strategy like that? They go on to say in their report, this passive approach to investing is often contradicted by human behavior, especially during periods of market turmoil. These behavioral biases sometimes lead investors astray, I would say often, causing them to shift their portfolio weights in response to significant swings in market indexes, often selling at a low and buying at a high. In this study, they conclude by saying, if stopping losses is interpreted as having a higher expected return with the stop loss policy than without it, then for a specific binary stop loss policy, we derive various conditions under which the expected return difference, which we call the stopping premium, is positive. In other words, they are saying that in their study, there was a benefit, uh, some of it emotionally related, to having a consistent stop loss policy in place than not. They, they go on to say, as difficult as it may be to accept, for the millions of investors who lamented after the bursting of the technology bubble in 2000 that if only I got out earlier, I wouldn't have lost so much, they may have been correct. They are in support or their study says or suggests that there is a benefit to having a stop loss policy in place on a long buy and hold. The second study we're going to look at today is from Stockholm. It's from the Stockholm School of Economics, uh, 2008, called The Efficiency of Stop Loss Rules. They studied all stocks in the Stockholm 30 index from January 2006 to 2008, a much shorter time period. And in the study, they say, 
We examine the efficiency of such stop-loss rules by measuring their marginal impact on expected return and risk, proxied by volatility in comparison with the classic buy-and-hold strategy. In their study, they conclude, we find strong evidence that stop-loss rules have a negative marginal impact on the expected return of a buy-and-hold portfolio strategy. They go on to say, we find that the marginal impact in expected returns for stop-loss rules is significantly negative on a buy-and-hold portfolio strategy. And even if stop-loss rules reduce the volatility on a buy-and-hold portfolio strategy, it does not compensate for the reduction in expected returns. They conclude, despite the strength of our evidence, it is inconsistent with the empirical findings presented by Comiskey and Lowe in 2007 since they found a positive marginal impact. So here you have two studies which essentially are giving you total opposite you know, opinions or total opposite conclusions on whether a stop-loss strategy is effective or not. The last study we're going to look at today is from 2015 from the Faculty of Business and Law from the Open University in Milton Keynes in the UK. They studied what's called the disposition effect. Now, a disposition effect is a, a, a behavioral bias where people have a disposition, an inclination to hold on to losing stocks longer than they hold on to winning stocks. And it's just, this is part of human nature. When stocks go down, we want to continue to hold them. So the study is looking at how do stop loss rules or, or stop loss strategies help counter that. To summarize their study, they're saying that in this study, we argue that a relatively easy way to reduce the disposition effect is through the use of stop losses, since stop losses can automate an exit strategy, reducing reliance on investors' impulse control. This next part is really important for most of you listening today. We found that stop loss users tend to be younger than investors who do not use stop losses, implying that they are a trading strategy more often used by investors with less experience. And their quote says, thus, less sophisticated and less experienced investors could use stop losses while learning to invest, thereby safeguarding their portfolio whilst gaining knowledge. This is really relevant to the times that we're living in right now, where essentially all of the reports acknowledge that the stop loss strategies are, strategies are used less by the professional managers than they are by individuals. And that's probably just a function of if your whole job is to spend all day watching this with your team of analysts, it's less likely you're going to miss something and more likely that you're going to have the opportunity to react uh, to uh, a move in one of your stock prices without having that automatic uh, trade triggered. So how do we use these in our strategies? First and most importantly, I would say, is you need to understand what you're doing. Stop loss orders seem simple enough but they're not a silver bullet. They're not a panacea for eliminating downside risk on your portfolio. And they do have a, there's a tendency to believe that that's the case. If you're a longer term trader, you may consider having a larger gap, let's say, you know, 15% or 20%, where you're going to allow for the market to move up and down without triggering those sales. If you're a short term trader, if you're a day trader, well, clearly you're not going to want a 15 or 20% uh, movement there'll be a much tighter stop price set on there. Pick a stop price that allows for day-to-day -day fluctuations. This is something that is often ignored 
And if you're not monitoring things, you get stocks that, you know, if you, some stocks move quite dramatically. If a stock moves, say, you know, 10% a week or a month on average, while setting a, a stop limit at 5% isn't going to make much sense. That strategy won't work because you're just going to be continually stopped out of position. So understand the investment, understand the, the volatility, maybe look at the beta numbers on it and see what you can expect and set your stop prices um, accordingly. An alternative strategy to using stop losses in the first place, and this is what I do primarily, is to use alerts. Most platforms today will allow you to set price alerts, and instead of using stop losses, you can set the alerts and just say, you know, at this particular company, I, if it drops 5% or 15% or whatever number it makes sense to you right now, you will be notified basically instantaneous. I mean, today with with cell phones, and there's very, there's very a few times that you're out of touch. And if you set an alert, it's exactly that. It doesn't mean you have to be monitoring it constantly, but you will. it will be brought to your attention that assuming you have the wherewithal to make a proper decision, you may analyze that. You might say, oh, this looks like a temporary dip. Continue to hold the position. What you want to avoid is, you know, what we talked about earlier where you have that loss aversion bias kick in. So it's not for everyone, but it does allow more... Uh, flexibility, more leeway if you are aware that the stock has dropped, but instead of automatically getting stopped out, you can make that decision on your on your uh, by yourself. Big a big important factor: Are you a trader or are you an, an investor? I know I kind of talked about this already, but if you're a hardcore buy and uh, buy and hold investor, the need for stop losses is probably much less. Mind you, if you're an active trader, then uh, you know there may they may play more of a role in what you're doing. I will wrap up this video and just say I thank you very much for watching the video. I hope that it's added to, to your toolkit, and that's what we're always trying to do. Is is you know what, uh, what skills, what arrows can you put in that quiver that can help you? Whether you use them immediately or at some point down the road, uh, it's good to be aware of them. As always, the first link below is for our investing academy, and we do have trading for all levels of investors. and And so, if that's something you're interested in, click the the link down below. Uh, if you'd like, uh, appreciate if you subscribe to the channel, give us a thumbs up, a like, that really helps the algorithm, helps us you know, continue to bring you know, our information, our knowledge to more and more um, viewers. Really appreciate that. I will wrap up. I will say thank you so much for watching and I look forward to seeing you in the next video.